laugh. They say, you're part to us wisdom, knowledge, revelation. I thank you, Lord, that you will help me to explain your word to your people so that they can be blessed and they can know and they can understand and that they can uh, <laughs> they can be healed in every way, even in their expectations. So I thank you for that, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. Amen. Bianca, can you find my glasses on that desk in there where your mom is? I think it should be right. I don't know where I left them, but I left them somewhere. But that's the, that's the most likely place uh, <laughs> they would be. So I'm going to talk to you about even now. Amen. Even now. Even now. Because even now, God can bless you in 2016. Amen. 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 It's, it's a principle of the word. And I think many times we may get caught up. In the world's traditions and attitudes about, thank you, honey, about uh, uh, life, uh, when you're down here on earth, you got to watch it because you'll start to think like earth people. Your ideas will come from the earth. We know this earth is temporary and that God is permanent and eternal. So we have to uh, continually uh, be vigilant over our thoughts and over our words <clears throat> so that they line up correctly with God's word. Uh, there is no condemnation when we're in Christ Jesus and when we're expecting good things from God, walking in obedience to God. But still, the Bible warns us to be vigilant because we have an adversary, the devil who's walking around like a roaring lion, trying to figure out whom he can devour. And so we have to resist him. When we resist him, we have to resist his ideas, his thoughts, his concepts. Everything that comes from the world must be resisted if we're going to live in the promises of God and in the place that God has ordained for us. So I thought I'd talk a little bit about what people traditionally do uh, for New Year's and at the end of the new year, uh, how that how that plays into uh, what we're doing uh, in the now. And so uh, we need to assess what we're thinking and what we're feeling because when the new year comes in, we have to be ready for what, uh, what God has for us. And I think we have to understand that God never stops his good expectation for us and his desire to bless and to help us in every single way. So we're going to talk about the traditions that people traditionally uh, think about on New Year's, and then you can get an understanding of what God wants us, how he wants us to think, and, uh, and, and that. And so I'm looking for something I thought I had bookmarked on here. My uh, screen seems to, here we go, hopefully... Hopefully, hopefully. Hey. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully again. Hey. <laughs> Praise God. Usually on, on New Year's Eve, people get together and they celebrate. And what are they celebrating? They don't know. They're just going somewhere to get drunk. They want to kiss somebody at midnight, right? That was the thing when I was young. You know, you couldn't let the New Year come in or if you went to a party and everybody was paired off and you were sitting there looking stupid because you didn't bring nobody to kiss. You know what I'm saying? And so it's a tradition and a ritual we don't understand. But we participate in it. And don't say you don't because you do. Everybody does a little bit. And, uh, you know, they get the little champagne. If you're a Christian, you get the fake champagne. Or in my house, <clears throat> my husband, he used to like to mess my head up sometimes. And he knew I was a recovered alcoholic. So he'd get the real stuff to see if he can get me to do something stupid. And look at that drunk preacher right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What would your people say? <laughs> at least I got people. <laughs> hey. <laughs> I got people. 
you know, the, I mean, if there's no sense to something that you're doing, the devil will fill in the blanks and make it what he wants you to, it to be. I mean, he's just true. So usually at, at uh, uh, um, uh, New Year's Eve, there's a traditional song that they sing. It's called Old Lang Syne, right? Or Old Lang Syne. And it's actually from a Scottish poem by Robert Burns. It was written in 1788. And it's sung the same way it, it was always sung. Old Lang Syne really means days gone by or long, long ago. And so what they are doing is singing a lamenting song, but remembering days gone by. And so the, the lyrics go like this, and I'm just telling you this to let you know what the tradition is for and how it's viewed. It says, uh, should old acquaintance be forgot and never brought to mind? Should old acquaintance be forgot and days of old lang syne? For old lang syne, my dear, for old lang syne, we'll take a cup of kindness yet for old lang syne. You know what a cup of kindness is? It's drunks. No. And surely you'll buy your pint, your cup. And surely I'll buy mine. So it's just sung in bars. And we'll take a cup of kindness yet for old Lang Syne. Just for old time's sake. We'll have no reason to be out here. This is a, a no reason party. Party. We too have run about the slopes and picked the daisies fine. We've wandered many a weary foot since old Lang Syne. We too have paddled in the stream from morning till sundown, but seas between us broad have roared since old Lang Syne. And there's a hand, a trusty friend, and give me a hand of thine, and we'll take a right goodwill draft. There's a beer. You got your cup, got your beer for old Lang Syne. Just for old time's sake. Huh? For the sake of nothing else, but it's just, we're just talking about times past reminiscent and that's kind of common when people get together they want to talk about old stuff bring up old stuff my sins are forgiven so we don't have nothing to talk about yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so if you're not bringing up the past what are you talking about huh well, you're talking about the things of god what's on god's heart and what's on god's mind so we don't have to look back at old times and drink and lament and talk about some of the things that are gone by. We have yet things to talk about. We have even now things to talk about. If we'll stay in the moment with God, there is an even now situation going on in everybody's life where we won't have time to sit around and toast the old and talk about the old and just get, a, get, a, <clears throat> get together over a cup or a pint or a draft. <laughs> you know, people think of any reason to drink, just to sit up and get drunk somewhere. Uh, I used to be there, I'm telling you. So <clears throat> we say goodbye to one thing, one year, and hopefully look forward to the next. This is talking about for old Lang Syne. And we, we pretend optimism by by uh, starting resolutions, making resolutions, and that tries to give you some meaning to your future and give definition to your future. We vow to make the next year better, but even now we can have expectation for good even in the remaining hours of this current year. Why? We serve a God of the now who honors and brings to pass expectations in the now. So God is not active in the old time's sake lamenting of things. He's not active in the, well, maybe next year will be better of things. He is active in the now. And I think if we'll keep our minds trained on there is a present that is now and it doesn't make any difference if one year is going out and another year is coming in, we can stay in the now with God and we can experience what God has for us right now. Because many times our minds will, will pick up 
what the enemy in the world system is saying about times and seasons. Many people will say, oh, 2016, that was a tough year. I've never heard anybody really say it was a good year. You know what I'm saying? It was was great. I hate to see this year in. It was so good. So we pick up that attitude from one another and from the atmosphere that's around us. We just, everybody got to fall in line. Ooh, I'm looking for, even, you know, even in the church, we look for prophecies for the new year. So we can have, you ain't done what you said you going to do back there. How you going to prophesy about this now and get all excited about it? And I think it's because we forget that there is a now something that God is doing. And we need to be engaged in the now of things that God is doing. We want to welcome those who are with us on the internet. Amen. Amen. Don't get drunk yet, y'all. You get... These are not drunken as you suppose. See, it's only 2 o'clock and then 1 o'clock in the afternoon. If you're in California, it's like 10 o'clock in the morning. So don't get drunken as you suppose. We, we bury... A, the question God asked me is this, why do people bury their faith until the new year? See, if you're sitting there thinking about the future, you remove your expectation from the now. You put your expector away. And see, this is always the challenge and the danger uh, of the atmosphere that we live in. Do we cooperate fully with that atmosphere or do we take the spirit of God's atmosphere with us everywhere that we go and live in the now of God, live in expectation? <clears throat> if you bury your faith for now, when are you going to resurrect it for 2017? Tomorrow, the next day, next week, next time you get in church? I would say this, anytime your expectation is buried, it's going to stay there. Until you're quickened to, you got to use it again, see, like an emergency comes up. And so we have to be careful to keep our faith and our expectation in the now moment. We're servants of the Most High God. Somebody needs your faith for their uh, emergency or their uh, uh, their their grief or their, their uh, problem, their circumstances. Somebody needs active faith in the now all the time and see this is why we have to be careful as sir we can't remember who we are at all times and in live in the now and say you know what i can't afford to look back at last year already and sit around and and you know if you keep looking back and you keep looking at with misery you know very few people will look back and say wow what boy what did we accomplish we accomplished so much last year we did this we did that uh, many times uh, companies will put out what they call annual reports. They never give them at the end of the year. They always wait till March or something to tell, you know, you got to go through that lag and not know what was accomplished for that whole period of time. And I believe when you stop expecting, when you let the world rob you of expecting good from God at all times, at all times your faith is necessary, and it is needed by your heavenly Father. So don't let men's traditions for times long gone trap you into burying your faith and expectation for your miracle. Even now you can get the miracle you were planning to have in 2016. Amen. Huh? Amen. Hey, you don't have to be lonely. Farmers only is open 24-7. Huh? <laughs> The end of 2016 can go out with a bang. Huh? <laughs> you can get somebody's picture in your email <laughs> tonight to be there when you get home if you keep your expectation out. So don't ever put away your expectation. Don't, don't let the enemy do that to you. Amen? Your divine appointment can happen at 1159. Huh? Just before the stroke of midnight. And so we need to understand that your miracle could be here, but, but you have to be careful not to prolong it, put it off, because your expectation diminishes because of what the world is saying you ought to be doing with your time. A divine appointment can happen at any time if you're expecting all the time. 
So remember that and, and live in that. Live in that understanding of the now aspect of God's faith. Amen. This year can end well with you, but you must not cast away your confidence and your faith expectation. You can enter 2017 with breakthrough in your heart and fresh oil and expectation upon your head. You can walk into 2017 that way because you walked in 2016 up until the end that way. So always keep faith and keep expectations strong in you, no matter what season in the natural you find yourself in. The latter end of 2016 will be better than the beginning, if you will believe. Amen. The Bible says the end of a thing is better than the beginning of it. Amen. And so we have to keep that in mind at all times. Just don't go through the motions. Expect and be thankful. Even now, sometimes people are thinking about, well, you know, tonight, what am I going to do? Dick Clark is dead. (laughs) Now, he was actually dead a lot of them years that he was alive. They just didn't pronounce him. You see how traditions, people try to cling to him and hold. They kept that man alive way beyond where... Oh, life support. Hey, Dick, it's, 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 it's December. It's Christmas. You know what that means. You got to get it together, bro. So he get all his oxygen, his nurses and all that, and they prop him up, and they do a live feed from wherever he's at. And, huh? We need to let certain things go. Let Dick Clark go. Amen. Let him go. Amen. You want to watch the ball drop from Times Square and count down and all that crazy stuff? Amen. We do it because we don't know we got something else we could be doing. They are, oh, yeah, and then the watch night at the church. They don't be watching nothing. No. Of course, if that's the only time you pray, that's better not praying at all. But I remember somebody, I think it was Miss Clydell, told me, she said, oh, yeah, we, we would have those watch nights. I enjoyed those. They ran from church to church because they were allowed to stay up all night long. And all the Church of God in Christ young people would run from church to church and go over here for a minute and flirt with this one. Oh, yeah, I like the boy over at so-and-so. That ain't got nothing to do with Just go to the bar. Just drink a cup of kindness yet for old Langstein. You buy your pint, I buy mine. Huh? Jeez. But, but these traditions sometimes are just rituals that we establish and go through, and nobody's really watching for anything spiritual, you know. I mean, mostly if you're really praying, an hour tops is what most people can do, just being honest with you, you know. So if you're not really, if there's nothing really spiritual and the Holy Spirit's not stirring anything to be done during that time, just pray them prayers and let everybody go home. You understand what I'm saying? Before they start getting into trouble and carnalizing everything that the church does let's just have some things that we do for a purpose and that makes sense so you can have breakthrough faith within you starting 2017 if you keep it from one year to the next and don't let it get interrupted by what you think god is doing a a prophecy or a forecast for the new year is not any more significant than a prophecy you would get at any other time But see, we're always trying to figure out what God's going to do that's new because we haven't really appreciated and tasted fully what the old was doing, you see. We don't have the full appreciation of the now that we're living in every single day, every single time. And, And there's a place where now has to be appreciated, expected, Every day, the same in God, expecting good things, not just for yourself, but expecting good things for others. There's a now that we live in as believers that never, ever changes. And just because the times and the seasons change in the natural realm, it doesn't mean that we have to drop what we're doing for God and go along with the flow and just let things just continue to flow 
and flow on with no no purpose. I, I was I thought about that when I was thinking about this message. I was looking at the the uh, teaching that I had seen. I said, "Oh, steal this." All right got me something I could steal off somebody you know preachers like stealing because we think we won't have to do so much work you know but sometimes you'll have to do more work trying to you know absorb somebody else's understanding and then get what God wants you to bring out of it too but you know it's a good thing it, it, I enjoy it. it's fun for me and I, I like studying and so forth and so don't do as much as I should but but I do enjoy it but I was thinking about the message and I said God I said I wonder how many people are not looking to witness to anybody, looking to pray for anybody. And those, the thoughts ran through my mind, and, and this was a couple of days ago. And I said, when I got up yesterday, I said, God, I'm staying in expectation. Somebody needs something from you today. I said, I'm not going to sing my song and drink my pint. I'm going to stay in expectation. Sit up and think about days gone by, you know, and all of that. I said, I'm not going to do that. I said, I said, somebody needs prayer. Somebody needs help. Somebody needs a blessing. I said, I said, let me be of use to you. Let me help somebody before this day is over. Amen. And sure enough, somebody called me that I had not heard from in over two years. And really, I thought this person had taken offense to something. Now, trust me, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. But if I did do it, I'm ready to, to confess and, and repent and make things right. And, and this person called me, and they said, uh, I said, well, how are you doing? They said, I'm not well. And uh, he said, I lost my grandson seven years old or nine years old and I said I, I did see a little post I said I've been praying I said I saw a little post on Facebook I said I, I'm not familiar enough with your family to know who it was and and he told me the story and and so I prayed for him and uh, God began to give me a word for him about that little boy and and uh, I began to share it with him I said well let me get a minute to pray and I'll write it down I said I'll text it to you and I said as soon as we hang up I'll send you what God seems to want me to tell you about him because I I've been I have prayed with him and I said well I said I know a lot of times we want answers I said but you know they may not come as soon as I said that God convicted me you see what I'm saying God has answers yes. you know it's like Barb keep your mouth shut and just say what God there are answers and God releases them sometimes to people and so I wrote out the prophecy and uh, he texted me back he said oh praise God he said I'm better now he said um, he said I'm going to share this with my family he said I'll make sure it's on the funeral program when he, we have his home amen and so you see but but see if I was if I was fixing up to get the pint and drink drink the draft and click them glasses for old Lang Syne, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> See, you don't take your expectation for good off. Even if it's going to help somebody else, what do you care who it helps? As long as it comes from God. And so I'm telling you, you know, and people will put these posts up. Well, you know, don't forget the, the homeless and don't forget to this and that. You don't forget. If, you're, if God's telling you that message and you go out and you help somebody... You know, I understand. I understand all of that. But it's different to to really expect God to do it through you and to just try and admonish other people what they ought to be doing with their time. And Amen. And so it doesn't take much expectation for me to tell everybody else what to do, but it does take some for me to be available to do it myself. And I only say that to tell you that God is reminding us that even now, that family and see when people are bereaved you have no clue what to tell them you just sometimes you can just sit there and listen and, and hope they feel like talking or and it's not too much silence so you don't saying something stupid like you know that kind of stuff and so so we have to really stay engaged with God at all times that's what he wants from his people because just like people say well suicide is up during it's up because Christians maybe aren't doing what they you understand what I'm saying maybe we need to make ourselves a little more available for the person that might call you out of nowhere that God just say call this 
servant of mine because I'll use this person to help you. So you can enter 2017 with breakthrough in your heart and the fresh oil of expectation upon your head. The latter end of 2016 will be better than the beginning if you will believe. It really, really can. So don't just go through the motions. Expect and be thankful. Always be thankful what God is is doing. And and, uh, thanksgiving brings increase in you. Your expectation increases. Your, Your discouragement goes away. All of those things, everything is better with a heart of thanksgiving. You should have no regrets. Everything should be forgiven. We don't regret. We get forgiven. Amen. Going into this new year, we have no complaints. Just joy and rejoicing and anticipation of good. Amen. Anticipation of good. In John 11, I wanted to just share with you uh, where this this uh, word comes from because it, it is scriptural based. And John 11, and this is the raising of Lazarus from the dead. Praise God. Lazarus was sick. It, it begins out like that. Now, it's, it's interesting, but this uh, uh, raising of Lazarus from the dead was really the last miracle of Jesus' earthly ministry. Sometimes a little hard to put things <laughs> in perspective, uh, you know, with all of the things that we read in the Bible. But it looks that, that he was about to go to his death, and so this was his final uh, act as the, the um, Messiah on the earth, ministering to people, showing them love, showing them all these things. So it was a, a time for Jesus of letting go. Hello. Oh, Lang Zang. Suppose he had decided last week, the week before Lazarus was sick, that he wasn't going to do any more miracles. Or he had put his expectation away to be used by the Father because it was he knew it was coming up to the Passover and the Jews were going to betray him. He knew he could see it all right before him. But he had something else that he needed to do before he left. And he stayed in expectation with the Father. He stayed in the moment with the Father. And he didn't cast off that year before it was time to cast it off. And so that's very important for us as we step into one, uh, one year after another and, and one phase of life after another. And so it says here, uh, verse 1, Now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and his sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, This sickness will not end in death. This sickness is not unto death. No, it is for God's glory, so that God's Son may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. Delaying things because he loves us. Mm -hmm. You know, we think, a speedy miracle and a rapid response is just what we want. We don't think about whether it means love or not, but we. But then when we don't get it real quick, we think it's something wrong. I want to know what's wrong. But God will delay things because he loves us. Oh, yeah, amen. He says, so when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days, and then he said to his disciples, let's go back to Judea. But Rabbi, they said, a short while ago, the Jews tried to stone you there, and yet you're going back? Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours of daylight? See, this is the, the no lang syne. Huh? Jesus is saying, hey, I, I got to work while I can work. I don't know about y'all, but I got to work while I can work. 
Young people, work while you can work. Go to school while you can go to school, while you have energy and a mind to learn and, and the energy to keep up with studies and so forth. There is a time where energy must be expended to get certain things accomplished, and we need to know what time it is. We need to know if it's time in our life for marriage, for career. For, there's always time for serving God, so that's not a question. You got me? God tells you to do something, don't ever say, well, wait till my kids get grown. I do it. You're going to do the same thing you're doing now, sitting up lying to yourself in front of God. Now I said it. <laughs> God tells you to do something. He don't mean when your mama told you to do something. She didn't mean when you got ready. Huh? God looks at it in, in in a more pure light than your your parents did, but your parents knew it was wrong. They knew it was rebellious, and they knew if they didn't slap that out of you, because that's how you get it out. You get it out with the rod of discipline, <laughs> and if they don't get the discipline, you got to hand out some punishment, make them know it. You know, you got to get through to your your. Um, <laughs> kids i remember my mother used to say ah whoop your age till i give out in mine you know that kind of stuff and, and and there was some wisdom there because if you just you just try to discipline for a short while just while you're angry you never get through to your child you gotta get through to them you gotta get to the point where they think you're really gonna kill them you understand what I'm saying? And then you back off. <laughs> but you can't play around with the discipline thing. Because they'll think, the, amen, they'll think everything's a joke. You see what I'm saying? And they won't ever get to the point where they're responsible and they understand consequences of their behavior. And so here uh, Jesus is, he delays out of love. we got to understand that. Everything God does is just perfect and right. And he will delay out of love. And so uh, it says here, uh, when the disciples said that, Jesus said, aren't there 12 hours in a day in daylight? Anyone who walks in the daytime will not stumble, for they see by this world's light. It's when a person walks at night that they stumble. They have no light. So Jesus is saying, after this, he went on to tell them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going there to wake him up. His disciples said, Lord, if he sleeps, he'll get better. He'll do well. Jesus is always in this place of trying to explain spiritual truths to his disciples who stay in a carnal frame of mind. The reason they do that is because the Holy Spirit has not yet been given to them, but they can pick up revelation and understand as he explains. So he has much explaining to do to them when it comes to his miracle working power and all of those things. So you see him living in the moment. He's not living in, well, what's, what's the point of trying to teach them if I'm going to be dead in the next couple of days? He's not in that Let's stop because it's the end of the year, and let's hope for a better next year already. You know, there have been people been saying that since November. You know, at Thanksgiving, we started looking, oh, yeah, 26 is almost over now, and uh, we didn't get all we wanted. Well, nobody ever does. There's always more in the future, but you can live in the now of God. There's things he wants us engaged in now that are extremely important. Most people don't even know what they didn't get in 2016 because they weren't expecting much in that year, at least not from God. Many times our expectation is for things that we can control. You know, we're scared to put our faith out there on nothing and ask God to come and, and use us or do what he wants, wants us to do. So here we see Jesus walking out the final few days of his life. But he knows that he has to go over and, and wake Lazarus up. Now, you have to know why Jesus is saying he's asleep. When Martha and Mary sent that message to him, and they said, our brother is sick. Can you come over here and heal him? He was healed then. 
The minute Jesus says yes, it's done. He don't care what happened to you in between. He don't care if it's another four days. Huh? It's probably about seven days, to be honest with you, but because by the time, when they sent the message, Lazarus was just sick. After Jesus gets there, he's been dead four days already. So if you consider maybe he's three three days sick or something like that, who knows how long it was. But Jesus, the minute he hears your prayer and he sees your faith, he considers it done and he does not care what happens in between that time. So you can be looking at 2016 all you want to and think it's over for that. But if Jesus promised you something in that year and you're expecting it to happen in that year, he will do it in that year. I don't care if it's the last day. He knows it's January 31st, and it don't bug him. If you're expecting something good from God, you need to hold on to expectation. I don't care what your carnal mind is telling you is going on. So here Jesus, uh, it says, let me see, where was I? Oh, yeah, he says in verse 12, the disciples say, oh, he's just sleeping, huh? He said, well, if he's sleeping, that's good. He'll feel better when he wakes up. And so Jesus has to explain to them plainly, he said, uh, Lazarus is dead, okay? And for your sake, I'm glad I was not there. He didn't say he was glad Lazarus was dead, but he says, for your sake, I'm glad I was not there. Now, why is that? Why is it that God sees things so totally different than we do? You know, when we see people sick, we're nervous if they're sick for longer than a week, two weeks. You know what I'm saying? Because we anticipate what the natural mind says is going to happen. If they're not well pretty soon, maybe there's something worse going on. And so when we, we never think that something good could be going on is why it's delayed. Because <laughs> our crazy flesh won't let us. And we even call it faith sometimes when we want things to happen immediately, suddenly. Oh, we like to suddenly season and even made a song about it and do the cha-cha around the church to the beat. Huh? And so we have to understand God's mind and God's thinking in all things. We just have to understand it. So when, in, when, when Jesus found out he was sick, he said, okay. So when you get a yes for your miracle, it is an eternal yes. It's not a temporal yes. It don't come from this world, from nothing this world has to offer. It is an eternal yes. It don't, it don't change to a no because it's 2016 is over. It doesn't change to a no because of anything. So we must hold on in spite of, because God plans to get the glory all the time. We forget sometimes that God is going to get something out of this. And so what Jesus is going to get out of this is up to him. He knows what these disciples need for his last uh, miracle on earth. He knows what has to be established in their faith. This will not be the first person he raised from the dead. He, he got that boy out of the casket when they had the funeral procession. He's already raised somebody from the dead. But this one is different. You got me? This one is different. In Jewish culture, uh, the funeral was held within 24 hours. You know, they laid him out real quick. You know what I'm saying? They didn't have life support and all. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You, and and uh, it, it wasn't a long time between the burial and the, the the burial, the death and the burial. And so many times those people were not dead very long. And, and so that was the case. And this boy, he interrupted the funeral to raise him from the dead out of compassion for the mother. And he probably saw, you know, you just don't know what people have gone through. And mother still may have a faith expectation of her son being healed. You understand what I'm saying? She's prayed already, and Jesus said yes to that prayer. It was an eternal yes. He just got around to getting over to the house when the boy was on the, you see what I'm saying? 
we have to see god in that way he brings time he brings power he brings healing he brings truth he brings deliverance all those things with him everywhere that he goes healing is not an act it's a person deliverance isn't an act it's a person amen and so we have to think of things in those terms if we think of it as something we'll never get the gist of what god is doing in these things so uh, jesus is doing the will of the father he stayed in jerusalem a few more days instead of leaving for bethany he's he's not in a hurry for anything so the devil can't take it away from jesus you got me the best thing to do when i don't care what happens and who who's sick or whatever it is put it over in the lord's hands as soon as you can because if you put it over there where where he can do it's for his glory once he gets it it's for his glory once you start believing continue to believe don't ever not believe for somebody because somebody's going to get up out of a casket somebody's going to get up off of a sick bed somebody's going to get up off of something when jesus gets there so <clears throat> he gives his disciples his view of lazarus situation he says he's just sleeping and they missed it they don't they don't oftentimes probe to understand what jesus means when he says things and that happens to all of us we can miss the essence of what god is trying to teach us in situations because we want results so bad it's true anyway i always tell people i said if you're stuck somewhere and you prayed every prayer and you've done everything and just keep doing it because there's something you need to understand about god while you're in that situation he's teaching us things about himself all the time he's teaching us about how to be successful he's teaching us about how to love people how to get along with people how to respond in situations how not to let the devil ensnare us over and over again we are still his children we are still projects being developed we're still a work in progress we've still got to be conformed to the image of his son which is the most important thing the fact that you can conform to the image of christ is so much more important than things the things are just the hook once god gets you on the hook then you got to dangle until he releases you from it with what you're you're wanting and so in your dangling remember that god is teaching you things remember that there are things you have to learn and you must learn if you're going to please god so here's the disciples trying to convince jesus i like religious people because they're so obvious and then it helps me when i see myself get religious i can snap out of it in verse 14 he told them plainly lazarus is dead and for your sake i'm glad i was not there so that you may believe but let us go to him then thomas said to the rest of the disciples let's go that we can die with him you see how crazy people can get with religion and trying to have the right thing to say at all times don't fall into that trap just stay where god has you you know say what you know don't try to come up with anything bright or anything clever or anything you know that's going to rival jesus or make you look in a better light than the guy sitting next to you you know we say that to each other all the time and yet you see preachers trying to have the biggest this the best that you know they belong to the limousine club or the private airplane club or there's always some kind of clicky thing that we get involved in and so it's just best to stay peaceful stay in your zone stay in your box don't open your mouth nobody will know who how crazy you are so we all know how crazy thomas was so jesus ignored him of course verse 17 on his arrival jesus found that lazarus had already been in a tomb for four days so it appears that that knowledge was either withheld from him or he didn't make it obvious that he knew how long he had been dead and so uh, it says here 
uh, now Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Mary smart. You know, this is no time to be getting involved in nothing uh, religious or exotic. When there's a miracle needed, it's best to move when it's necessary to move and with the leading of God, you know. But they don't have the Holy Spirit like we have it. And so you'll see people just doing what emotional or, or discouraged people will do. And so we know here Lazarus is four days dead already. And, and so Martha goes out to meet him. She appears to be the older sister. Uh, they think that Mary and Martha were both older than Lazarus. And Lazarus here is only like 30 years old. Uh, because they say that history records that he lived 30 years after the resurrection of Christ. And they say he lived as many years after as he had before. So he was about 30 years old. Very much too young to die. Uh, they believe he had some kind of a fever that just took him out. He never recovered from it. And so Jesus knows this, but he knows that he's, that he's on his way there. So in uh, verse 21, it says here, Lord, Martha say, said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. If I just got a, could have got more time from God, 2016 would have been a better year. Or if I hadn't lost that job, 2016 would have been a better year. If I hadn't got sick half the year, it would have been a better year. I was so sick that year, I can't tell you how bad that year was. And so they're lamenting what went on in the past. Amen. Lamenting what, what uh, could have happened if God hadn't been so slow in my life. I don't know what happened, but I was praying the best way I knew how, and I still didn't get what I was asking for. Well, it's not over yet. It's not over yet. You're going to have to pick up that faith at some point. So you better get sick of pouting. You better get sick of whining. You better get sick of crying because it's not over. Because the great I am is always here. He am what you need at the time, that whenever you need it. And many times we don't stay in the moment with God. We either stay in the valley of discouragement and watching to see if he's going to do it and when he's going to do it. And if he doesn't do it while we're watching him to see what he's going to do, then we're upset and we're angry. Just like Martha, if you had been here, huh? if you really loved us, if you really cared about my brother the way you say you do, you'd have been here. And so Jesus and, and, and Jesus said to her, he says, uh, your brother will rise. No, he, this is what she says in verse 21. This is the verse I wanted to, to get to. Lord Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now, see, even now, she said, I know even now. Whatever you ask of God, he will give it to you. So even now, at this late date, on um, December 31st, 2016, even now, somebody can call you, call you with your raise. God can talk to somebody and tell them, we should have given you more money a long time ago. Your raise is finally here. See, we don't put off for whenever. Because, see, I'm telling you, if you stay with the world's mentality, you will never believe God for great things. Because you'll always be starting and stopping, starting and stopping, starting and stopping. This year is over. Oh, boy, what happened in this year? We need to get it going on for next year. You never get your little engines revved up the way you're supposed to. Because faith, once faith goes dormant, it has to be revived again. You've got to go and dust your faith boots off and put them back on and stand on the word why quit why let that go why let that slide and why let that slip you can if you do nothing but say lord i thank you that you are with me if you don't know but that much you understand what i'm saying i thank you 
that I can sense the presence of the Holy Spirit. You have not left me. You have not forsaken me. You're going to do everything that I can believe for you to do for me even now. Right now. In the now. Even now. I believe some of you are going to, if you grab onto this and believe God for things that you have, have given up on, you're going to have somebody tell you at some point, you know what, I wanted to call you. But we were off work for that weekend. I wanted to tell you this, but the holiday came, and you'll find that God honored your faith on the last day of the year. I believe it in Jesus' name. Don't let it go, and don't get discouraged, and don't pick up the world's attitude about this. And forget your pints and your drafts and your your bubbly water. That's what I drink, bubbly water. You know, I have to even put that down sometimes and start feeling too much like beer. You know what I'm saying? Them old devils, they just lurk around, folks. I'm telling you, they would love to get me drunk again, but they ain't going to do it. (laughs) In Jesus' name, I depend on the power of the Holy Spirit. Just say no. Just say no. So she says, but I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. So Martha, even though it's coming through a a carnal frame, like a complaining, unbelieving. See, what's important is what your, your, your omega sentence is. You know, at the end of the day, at the end of your conversation, you can catch yourself saying negative stuff and in it. But even now, even now, God, you can do this for me if I believe you and I hold on to faith in you. It's it's really, really. And this is how we live. This is how faith people live. Our minds get screwed up and we start getting, you know, involved in, in worldly thinking and all that. But we have to cast that down. See, this is what she did. She cast down that imagination. And she says, Jesus is here. And I believe his presence always helps your faith. Because when he he comes on the scene, she changes her story a bit. And she says, and Jesus said to her this, I am the resurrection and the life. Resurrection is not an event. It's a person. It's me. I'm here. When I come, I bring all that with me. It don't matter what time it is. It don't matter how long he's been in the grave. It don't matter he's stinking already. It don't matter. I bring resurrection power with me. I am the resurrection. And he says, and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whosoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? And she said, some religious. Yes, Lord, I believe you're the Messiah, the Son of God. You're like a little parrot. Yes, Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God. Uh-huh, he's a messiah. And so she says, uh, the who has come into the world. After she said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside and told her, Jesus is here and he's asking for you. So she's in a miracle working atmosphere and lying. Because here's the old sibling rivalry again. Well, Jesus, I don't know if I convinced him to do something. But let me work Mary into the equation. He likes her. He liked her sitting at his feet and all that other stuff she'd been doing. Maybe he'll do me a favor and I'll send Mary over there to talk to him. Got me? Huh? Instead of relying on what he has said and his character to do what he's supposed to do. Never depend on somebody else's faith to get the job done. It's going to run out after a while. At some point, God is going to compel you to use your own faith to get your needs met because you know there's a principle of of locating you by your faith you know how will he know whose garage to put it in huh how will he know who to bring to the altar you got me how will he know if that faith ain't coming from you he can't bless you and your mom if y'all both in agreement in prayer. That faith has got to, you got to hold on to that yourself. You can't be dependent on somebody else to pray your prayers for you. Amen. You know, all these people we run into all day long, them people are your people to pray for. They're not, you know, I mean, it's good to bring it to the meeting and all of that, but that faith should be in your heart to help those people. Whether or not you can bring them here, I think it's great we do that. But there comes a place where you just can't share the load all the time. You've got to have that for yourself. 
And so here Martha, she's trying to work uh, Mary into the equation. And she says, Martha heard this. She got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet entered the village, was still at the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who had been with Mary in the house comforting her noticed how quickly she got up and went out, they followed her, supposing she was going to the tomb to mourn there. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. So that's the song they've been singing in their 2016. See what I'm saying? They're going out in grieving, lamenting, depression. I'm telling you, God can change that. Whether a person is raised from the dead or not, he can change your mourning into dancing. Even in the midst of a difficult situation, even in the midst of a situation you don't understand, even in the midst of the death of a loved one, he can change that in one moment. Amen? In one moment. And so it says here, when Jesus saw, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him, he asked. And they said, come and see, Lord. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him. So in Jewish culture, the more you cry, the more love you have for somebody. I mean, they would, they would hire people who were professional mourners to come and sit at a wake or something like that with the family and just, you know, kind of like keep the, keep the tears flowing. So that, that was the way they handled grief and death. And they felt as long as you cried and, and you mourned, then they could call an end to it, and after like how many days of mourning they gave you, it was supposed to be over with then. You were supposed to be over it. And so this is, this is how they settled, uh, they handled grief and mourning. And so they, uh, the, he said, see how he loved them. Some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind men have kept this man from dying? So their faith only goes as far as getting people healed and not raised from the dead. You see, and, and see, we may not think it's important, but I know that God feels it's important for us to develop that same faith because it's there. It's there for us, but we shut the door to it because we think, well, my goodness, it's hard enough to get somebody healed. You know, I, I don't need to go through all of that. How many times? There may be times where you, you will find somebody who, if you don't do something for them, the paramedics are too far away to even help people. You have to have this, this belief in them, in you. And Jesus knew that he needed to put that faith in people down here on earth before he left the earth. So his last act of, of, of a miracle has to do with raising somebody from death unto life again and getting his disciples to understand that that power would be available to them too. And so he says here, uh, uh, Jesus, once more deeply moved in verse 38, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across it. Take the stone away, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odor, for he has been in there four days. In other words, uh, we're having a, uh, we're getting ready to eat some casseroles and, and have some morning music, and we just really don't want no foul odors around us while we're getting ready to have the repast. So we'll let you say a few words over him or whatever you can do at this tomb at this point. But please don't open that thing up. You got me? Sometimes, you know, on your way to a miracle, you're going to have some distasteful things happen. Some, some odoriferous things happen. Some things that may not be real pleasing to you. Miracles aren't pretty sometimes. Sometimes they take you to places you don't want to go and be around people you don't really want to be around. But, but in the end, God wants to get glory out of that situation. Amen. See, if it's somebody who's sick, ready for death, uh, and a family is waiting for them, been praying for that person to be healed, you might have to step into some stinky places. Hospital smell, nursing home smell, all places where there's sickness and death, they smell. And so if God can get people who have resurrection, life, and power in them into those places, 
he can do miracles among people and help them immensely if we will just do what he's called us to do so uh he said he said did i not tell you that if you would believe you will see the glory of god now there's something jesus wants everybody there to observe while he's raising lazarus from the dead so they took away the stone then jesus looked up and said father i thank you that you have heard me i thank you that you have heard me jesus always approached his father with thanksgiving he was never casual toward the father even though he was his begotten son and was familiar with him he always addressed him uh, as the heavenly father when he was down here on earth why he was living as an example for the other believers there are some things we need to do just because other people are watching us you got me you're an example i don't care how you feel about being an example i don't care if you're having a good day a bad day or not having no kind of day you haven't categorized your day yet you're still an example before men and you've got to live your life in such a way that they can see god through you and god will be glorified we can't get casual about god there's enough casual people about enough you don't see the muslims get casual about muhammad they'll run you up out of town and murder you and everything else if you say anything wrong about muhammad so we but we so casual daddy god i was talking to daddy i said shut up you don't talk to him like that i bet when you need some you get lomo proper and respectful you understand what i'm saying i mean if, if that's really okay between you and god do that but let's not copy this nonsense off people we just heard something and we think it makes us sound cool like them or or mature like a mature christian would say that just be real you know when you think you be oh god please lord father jesus please heal me you know and and while you're around the saints i believe i receive i'm healed you know all that stuff jesus take this pain away i know 